Thank you. Good morning, Grace. Good morning and praise the Lord. It is such a good a pleasure for me to be in a church where you dress casual but have serious faith. Remember yesterday I was coming, like, in the evening he was coming to show me wh where the church was. And I remember seeing at that signpost saying, dress casual, serious faith. And I thought to myself, what would even be better than that? There's nothing really better than having serious faith. And the faith that we have is in the one who is the protector of us all. And actually, my name, Pitundinda, means I have a protector. And so it's a great pleasure for me to come and worship the living God, our protector, with you all. And listening to the praise and worship team here lead us into praise, it made my heart get into a moment of awe for who God is and what he has done in my life and what he still will do in my life. So before I share more about my story, I have two questions that I would like to, to ask you. You don't have to reply to me, but you can think about them and meditate about them as I share more about my story. The first question is, has the Lord been kind, compassionate, and generous to you? Maybe the answer is yes, or the answer is no. But I have an assumption that maybe to majority of us, the answer is a yes. And this brings me to the next question. What are you doing or going to do with that compassion, generosity, and kindness that God has given to you? I was born in the southwestern part of Uganda. And actually, the picture that you're seeing is the picture that I that, uh, that shows the, the children that are in the organization that I, that I started, but I'll be talking more about that. And seeing those smiles of the children makes me feel like maybe somebody put a smile on my face and I'm grateful that I can put a smile on any other child's face. So I was born from the southwestern part of Uganda, and to be honest with you, my, my geography of North America is not so good. And so if your, your geography of Africa is, is not so good, I would like to, to let you know that Uganda is in the East African part of Africa. And Africa is not a country, but a continent with multiple countries. And when it, you get into Uganda, my family is from the southwestern part of Uganda. So this, the extreme southwestern tip, the one that looks like letter w, w V or W, as, as people say, is where I was born. I was born from a family so poor that the poor called us poor. And at a young age, I never thought that life had anything to offer me. And that's a picture of me that I believe was taken. And you might have seen packets out there. I think this was one of the, pic the picture that was on the packet that was you know, at a church somewhere and someone picked me later on. I'll be sharing more about uh, the sponsorship. But I was born in a family so poor that the poor called us poor. And, and, you know, I have five sisters and two brothers. So I'm the eighth born. And really when you're born and you have these many siblings and you see them not getting what you think life should offer them, you become a little hopeless. So I, I was so hopeless at a young age. I had seen six of my seven siblings drop out of school. And I thought I would be another school dropout. The whole family, so my siblings plus mom and dad, we survived on less than one dollar a day. The time I've been here, you know, that time, like, even one dollar was a dream. To ever hold, hold of one dollar, it was a, a great dream. But the time I've been here, one dollar is not so big. But my whole family survived on less than that. I remember we stayed in a makeshift house made of mud. And a makeshift house is this kind of house that may fall on you anytime. And to paint a picture of what this makeshift house was, just imagine two poles. Like, just imagine maybe my one hand is a pole, and this is another one. And you have small, small 
pieces of wood that we call waters joining together. And then inside that, it's mud. The roofing was grass sized and sometimes we would, like, we would be inside the house and rain would spring on us. You know, like people say, you know, you, you go to a house for a shelter, but I really don't think that our house was really a shelter because it never sheltered us from anything. When it was hot outside, it was hot inside. When it was raining outside, it was wet inside. And so we're not sheltered from really so much. And when I look at this carpet, I'm, I'm like, you know, I wish I, was, I had this as my bed. I slept on a mat on a dirt floor. My mom would make these mats and then lay it on a dirt floor and then would cover ourselves with another mat. I never saw that mattresses or blankets ever existed uh, in, this, in this life. I used to walk over four miles to get water and the water that I would get would be contaminated water. It's not surprising that I come from a country where 75% of the diseases in the country are waterborne diseases. I suffered from a few of those waterborne diseases, but by the grace of God, I was, I was healed. I used to walk everywhere, to church, to school, so to me, walking was not fun. And when I came to America, actually, people would be like, oh, let's go out for a walk this weekend. I'm like, just for a walk? Because I was never used to walking like when you're not go doing anything. In most cases, when I walked, I carried five gallons of water on my head. Or if I was going to school, I, ha I held books in, like, in my hand. And so walking was like the normal way of you know, transportation. I had no luxury of being uh, driven in a car. But amidst this a situation of poverty, my parents used to think that Somehow, somewhere, God will come through. And they would pray and pray, and you know, they would be like, we don't know how, but God, God has it. And we used to go to a church of Dwalamba Church of Uganda. And through the local church of Dwalamba Church of Uganda, I got connected to Compassion International. This is the picture of when I got connected to Compassion International. Let me toggle a little bit between these two pictures to see if there's any difference that you notice. Yeah, yeah, majority of you said a smile. So like when I got to com connected to Compassion International, my heart was so filled with joy because Compassion was known for providing education, medical care, and other scholastic materials to, chil to children. And I felt like, I will never be like my siblings that have dropped out of school. And to my family, that gave them hope too. Because they were like, at least one of our very own has been connected to Compassion. Because being a part of Compassion International was an extreme pressure and by luck and God's grace for one to be chosen. So I was glad that I was, I was chosen. And you can see uh, I'm putting on shoes too. But sh those shoes, like, even when I got them, you know, they were for special occasions. You know, even when I walk long distances, I would risk hitting my leg on stone, but I would rather hit my leg on stone than have my shoe hit, the hit it on the stone. Because if it hit, hit on stone and got stone, higher chances are like I would never get another shoe. And so compassion restored my hope. Compassion also provided medical care to the extent that I would even see a medical doctor when I was not sick. And I remember when I was eight years of age, Compassion provided the first mattress and the first blanket that my family ever held. Now I'm eight years of age, I bring, I bring the mattress home. And so my family was like, now we have to make a family meeting and decide who, who sleeps on this mattress. I was eight years of age and my parents thought that I was still responsible, irresponsible because I met the bed wet at night. So they were like, Gilbert, we can't trust you with the only treasure that we have in the house. So they were like, you're now not, you're out of the equation of the people that have to sleep on this bed. And so they began asking my siblings, like, who wants to sleep on this mattress? Well, everybody of my siblings was like, me, 
me, me, me. But my parents had to make an executive decision. So my parents decided that this mattress would be hanged on the roof inside the house so that whoever feels sick would be the one to sleep on this mattress. And so that's exactly what they did. So the mattress was hanged in the house and whoever fell sick slept on this mattress. Well, it, in, a, in a community where, where I come from, it, is, it looks great when people come to visit you when you're sick and find you sleeping on this nice press. And that's what the mattress yeah, served for us. When I grew a little older, because technically the mattress was given to me, I started using the mattress. But this meant that still the same case, if anybody fell sick, the mattress would be removed from my bedroom and brought in, like in a, a main room where people can easily see the sick person. And the sick person would uh, stay on this mattress. So a mattress and a blanket became a shared treasure in our house. Compassion provided decent clothes. So I, before compassion, I had like one pair of clothes. And sometimes like when you come from a community where almost everyone is poor, even when you have pants with holes in the back, it looks fine because like, you know, you walk around and people are like, oh, you're, you're like us, it's fine. But compassion gave me decent clothes. And then I felt like I felt like my love was getting restored. So in my community, people would, like, would often tell me that Gilbert, you will never amount to anything. Gilbert, nobody has made it in your family. Higher chances like you will never make it. And so because of compassion, the gift of compassion didn't come by itself. It came with a sponsorship by a caring person just like you seated right here. I would take a pleasure of appreciating everyone that sponsors the child on behalf of the children you sponsor. Thank you. Thank you for sharing these children that God is love. You know, so oftentimes you can tell the children that you, are, you, know, you can meet someone and say, oh, I'm a Christian. Well, what makes you a Christian? I go to church every Sunday. But I feel like being a Christian requires more than that. It requires acting on that love that God has shown you, acting on the mercy that God has shown you. And for you that sponsor children, that's an act of love that you're showing to these children. It shows them that God is indeed love. Because of my sponsor, my sponsor would write to me letters of encouragement and tell me that Gilbert, we believe in you. Gilbert, you have value. Gilbert, you have a future. And it's those words of encouragement that helped me put the broken pieces of my life together. I had grown to think that, you know, um, as I would be an equivalent of what people around me say. But that's not true. God says a different way. God calls me a child of God. So it doesn't matter who else tells me that, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm an unwanted child or something like that. It matters what God thinks, thinks about me. I'll be talking about more about the, the impacts of a letter uh, here shortly. But because of the love, care, and support from a caring person just like you, I got to graduate from college with a degree in information technology. I graduated from college in, in 2012 from Uganda Christian University, and it was because of a sponsor who supported me. And I remember before I even got, got uh, to graduate from college, at 14 years of age, I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. That's by far the greatest gift that I have ever received. And I, maybe God would have done it, but I sometimes believe that if it wasn't through a, a caring person who supported me through compassion, I wouldn't have got to know the knowledge of Christ the way I do today. So compassion helped me have a good grasp of who God is. And I eventually had him as my personal Lord, Lord and Savior. 
and he is still the Lord and Savior of my, my life. A few months after I had given my life to Christ, my dad used to get asthma, and we couldn't even afford an inhaler for, for him, my family, because my family was so poor. So one, one day he got a severe asthmatic attack and died so suddenly. That was the hardest moment in my life. But that time I remember writing to my sponsor, telling my sponsor that my dad passed on. And he wrote back to me saying, Gilbert, I'm so sorry that your dad passed on, but we have a father who lives forever. And I'm here to testify that the father who lives forever has really taken good care of me. Thank you. That same time when my, my dad passed on, you know, poor, poor as we were, my parents tried their level best to, you know, to, to take care of, of our family. And so my dad was the, the breadwinner for the family. And so when, we d when he died, my mom didn't know how he would take care of us. But when my sponsor wrote me that letter saying that we have a co-father who lives forever, he also sent a monetary gift. And my mother decided that that monetary gift would be used to lend a plot of land where we can grow crops. So we grow cro grew crops like uh, sweet potato vines and beans. And so that, that picture is a picture of me. When my mom and I finished tilling the land and my mom planted those sweet potato vines, I couldn't I needed to get a picture to send to my sponsor to show them that this is what your money did. But as I tried, I couldn't do it like in the garden. I didn't have a smartphone and, or anything like that. So we, we finished the planting and I had to leave the garden and go look for a cameraman. So I came back home, cleaned after myself and went to the nearby trading center to look for a cameraman. And the cameraman came and took that picture. So when you look at those leg, my legs here, there, I, they look clean because I had gone home and you know changed and put on clean clothes. And so the hole that I was ho holding was just like for show because I wanted to you know to show my sponsor that this is what your gift did. And the money that he sent was actually $45 that we used to lend that piece of land. And the harvest helped us to, you know, to eat food and have, have some even extra to sell, to buy things that we wouldn't afford anyways, like things like rice or, or sugar. And I don't know, but $45 that time seemed to be so much. And to a community like mine, it's still, still so much. But to an American community, it's, it's so little. Yesterday I went with dinner with, with, with Anne and his wife and, and their friends. And I bet we spent more than $45. But that may changed my, my life. And so I have a bunch of letters here, letters that my sponsor used to tell me. And actually, when, I look, when you look at one of these, it looks like coffee spilled on this letter. I wish I knew the taste of coffee growing up. This is the leak that came from the roof. And even much as we tried to keep these letters as a, a treasure, the leak got onto it. It didn't do any justice to my letter. It made it look like coffee spilled on it. As of today, I believe that little is enough when given with love. Let me say that again. Ritual is enough when given with love. My sponsor used to write me letters, and because of the encouragement that he wrote to me, I feel like we should all love children. And if all, if all of us has to love children, and God calls us actually child, his children, I'm a child of God, you're a child of God, so if you say, if we have to love children, then actually we have to love each other. And I want to share four, four reasons why we must love, have love for children or love for each other as children of God. One, 
the child is precious. My sponsor would often tell me that Gilbert will really care for you. And when you have something that is precious, you really take good care of you. And when my, my sponsor would write to me telling me that we care for you, it helped me realize that somehow maybe I'm important. Why should someone care, care for me that much and even write to me and telling me that they care for me? Number two, a child is valuable. My sponsor would write to me telling me that, Gilbert, you have value. And the community that I was in, people would tell me that you're useless, you never amount to anything. But hearing that from, from a person like so far away, my first sponsor was from, from uh, Alabama, and then the second one was from Georgia. And my last one came from the Netherlands. But hearing my sponsor tell me that, Gilbert, you have value, it helped me get to know that perhaps it doesn't matter what those people around me would say or the negativity around me or the situations around me. It matters what's going on in my heart and mind and above all what God thinks of me. So I began to look at myself and think of myself as someone that had value. My sponsor would also tell me that Gilbert, you are a gift. So a child as a gift is the first reason why we must love, love children. I didn't know that what a refrigerator was by that time, but my sponsor would write to me telling me that, Gilbert, we have your picture on our refrigerator. And I would be like, I don't know what that is. But it sounds cool that you can have me on your refrigerator. They wouldn't stop from there. They would say, we are so glad that you are part of our family and you're like a gift to us. And I would think of myself like being defined by extreme poverty, but behold, someone is telling me that I'm a gift. So I was like, how can, can that even be possible? But they, then I began to realize that maybe that's who I am. Maybe I'm, I'm just a gift. I don't need to overthink about it. That's who I am. And the last reason why we must have love for children and ultimately love for each other as children of God is that a child is the future. My sponsor would often write letters to me telling me that, Gilbert, you have a future. Gilbert, God has great plans for you. And I would think to myself, are you for real? I, ha I really have a future? Does, re does God really have great plans for me? Why isn't he getting me out of this situation around me? But now as I look back, I can really see that, you know, I, I had a future. The truth of what my sponsor was telling me was real. And God has really taken good care of me and has shown me that I have a future. And my future now, as when I graduated from college, I was like, God, I've seen the future now. I have a degree in information technology and now can be released. I'm released from poverty in Jesus' name. So I had some friends who we did uh, college together and they're like, Gilbert, let's partner and do, do a business. I was like, oh, that sounds good. So we started a, a business and we are designing websites and hosting them and designing other database application tools. And we are actually one of the the things that we designed was a real estate application tool that was to help real estate agents manage their properties. And up to today, a few clients in Uganda still use it. But that time when I, when we were designing, when I had the, that company, I felt like maybe this is the future that my sponsor was telling me all along to graduate, get money, and you know, enrich myself. And I remember one day we had a very big project that would give us so much money. And that during that project, as we worked on it, we spared one day to just sit together as, as partners. And guess what we are talking about? We are talking about how we could use that money from, for a vacation. And we are thinking of going to the Indian Ocean to have that vacation there. 
but it, it let alone didn't happen. Like I kept reflecting and meditating upon my life and what God did did for me. And I remembered a few Bible verses and memory verses that I had in, in my, my mind. And so one day I was having a personal devotion in the morning. And the Holy Spirit read me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is one of the popular chapters in the Bible. It talks about love and what love is, what is not. And then I go to verse 13, the verse that's saying, talks about faith, hope, and love, and how the greatest of these is love. And so I, as I began to meditate upon that last verse, I was like, what does this even mean? It says the greatest of these is love, and you know, I, have, I love my family, I have, I have my nieces and nephews, and I love them even though I don't support them. And I was like, no, God was kept telling me that, but it's more than that. Love is not just mere, uh, mere statements of saying, I love you. It goes way deeper than that. Love is an action. And then as the more I reflected on it, I was like, God, love is an action? So what do I have that I can act with? Well, I had, we had some money that we were thinking of having, of using for a vacation. But I was like, Oh, God, this is not enough. This will get finished so quickly. But the more I reflected on it, the more the Holy Spirit brought to mind how I, a sponsor so far away chose to support me. And as I reflected on that, it made me feel like maybe I didn't have much, but the little that I had was to be shared. I started an organization called Love Restoration, to share the little that I felt that I had. And with Love Restoration, we provide education, nutrition, and health care to deprived children, children who are in the same situation that, like the one I was in. When my siblings dropped out of school, they did the next big thing, of which the next big thing to them was getting married. So they ended up getting married at a young age of 16. And so I have over 30 nieces and nephews. And so when I was starting the love restoration, it came to mind that maybe I can show love by going back to my community and supporting the children like my nieces and nephews. And so that's why my organization is. We have a school that now has 215 children. And we feed these children every day. Thank you. We employ 14 people, and I still believe that I don't have much, but the little that I have can be shared. I came to the East, to America in 2016, and my, my, my plan was like, I'm in America for one year, and after one year, I'll go back to Uganda and keep serving with my ministry. But God had other plans. After one year, I came with Compassion International. I was working at the, the offices in Colorado Springs. After one year, they asked me, Gilbert, would you consider uh, having an extension of six months? So I would say, oh, sure. So I accepted an extension of six months. And after six months, I met somebody that I had never known that I would meet, whom I didn't know who came from, from Camden, New Jersey with a ministry called Urban Promise International. She, had, she was a director of the, the, the program there. She came to Compassion and sh she saw me and we, we talked a few days after that. She wrote me an email saying, Gilbert, would you consider being a part of our fellowship program? and go to Eastern University in Pennsylvania and study a master's in organizational leadership. And hopefully that can help your organization grow. So after, after days of prayer, I considered accepting the opportunity. And last month, I graduated with a master's degree in organizational leadership. So as I look at myself and all that has, has gone on, Proverbs 22, verse 6 comes to mind. 
train a child in a way he should grow, and when he grows, he will not depart from it. I feel like I've been nurtured and molded into the person that I am today. And the sponsor of Through Compassion International has been a big piece of my life. And even as I continue to grow, I will not depart from the, from the way that I've been molded into. This is another exciting thing that I never thought would happen. I never thought when I came to the, the US I would meet the love of my life. And that's Julia, the love of my life. We are getting married actually on Saturday next week, June 15th. So you thank you. So you can continue praying for us and for the next steps of our lives. But as we were discussing about, so, you know, we are getting married, and you know when you get married, they give you a gift. Like you have to have a registry. Well, I, I was like, do we really need gifts? I, we, I met her through Compassion, too, because I was working at Compassion and she was doing internship. So I feel like Compassion has really been my life and it's my life. And I feel like Compassion is me and I am Compassion, so I have to be compassionate. And so when I talked with, with her, well, I, maybe we should have some children sponsored, ask our friends to sponsor children. So we set up an act for compassion to help relay sponsors for compassion. And our goal was 10 children. And so we're like, yeah, let's set up the campaign. So after setting up the campaign, we had to reach out to compassion to make sure that you know that's something that they, they would think it's good to do. So I reached out to compassion and they're like, we can actually make the goal 100 and have 100 children sponsored in lieu of wedding gifts and so we have we have the campaign going and actually 14 children have so far been sponsored as a wedding gift to to us but today i don't want to ask you to go to the campaign to gift our gift me and my fiance julia for our wedding there are child packets out there at the, at the lobby and on the table you can pick one child there if you feel, feel led to do so. And let this child know that he has value. This, let this child know that he's precious. And let this child know that he has a future. And if God is, is calling you to, to be kind and compassionate and generous in any other way, I would encourage you to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because I know the promptings of the Holy Spirit are always right, and they lead you in ways everlasting. So as, you, as we live today, maybe look around and look for ways of showing compassion. Let me get back to the first question that I asked when I started. Has the Lord been so kind, compassionate, and generous to you? If he has, then... Look for things to do this week that show that you're, you're kind, you're generous, and you're compassionate. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit, God, will richly bless you as you, you consider doing that. We'll be getting into a moment of question and answer session. But I wanted to say, to sponsor this child, you need $38 a month to have this child know that He's precious, he's valuable, he has a future, and he's a gift. Thank you. Well, we have a few minutes for a few questions from me, and um, so it's an opportunity for me to poke around on this guy that I've gotten to know and have you learn the rest of the story, okay? I asked, I asked Gilbert the other day if he was uh, an Eagles fan, and he kind of got this glaze over his eyes and looked at me, and then we switched the topic over to soccer, and I said, you know, do you follow the Champion League, and do you follow the Premier League, and it was like I was out of his class, because he started all these questions and statistics and, and whatnot, so... We don't have to worry about whether it's the Steelers or the Eagles or the Ravens and that type of thing. Oh, with but Gilbert. I told you another thing. So one time, like I love, 
I, I don't try conversations like that are divisive in nature. So I told him one time that you know somebody asked me if I love the egos or the patriots, and I said the egos, and I didn't know that uh, he was a, a patriots fan. So I had I had his feelings without knowing, <laughs> and so I, I shy away from answering questions like like that, just to make sure that you know let's keep it mutually. <laughs> Well, there are a couple of things that uh, Gilbert said that really resonated with me and I just want to go back and touch on. Number one is this whole concept of letter writing and the importance of that and the commitment that we need to make as sponsors to do that. I drive that every year. I'm driving it again this year. But Gilbert's already touched on that, so um, I'm not going to beat up that on that I much anymore. So you can, I have so many letters, and actually I have a bunch of others that are in the, in the, in my bag. But I was among the lucky few that used to hear from my sponsors. There are some sp some children that never hear from their sponsors, and for those children, they even think that, you know, their sponsors are not real. I've met sponsors who say that, oh, these children are not real. That's the same thing that happens with with children. So if they they are not they don't receive letters, they don't get to know that they are loved. So they're like, oh, maybe if somebody, people in my community tell me that I won't amount to anything, that's who I am, I won't really amount to anything. You see, even my sponsor maybe knows it, that's why he does not write to me. But if, if you write to them, it makes them feel like they are loved and it shows like, to them that God is loved. The other thing that Gilbert touched on was multiple sponsors. And I've talked to people before in our body and in other places, and they say, I started this, and I just can't afford to keep it going. And I always say to them, well, thank you doing what you did when you did it. And shame off you. It's okay. Somebody else will step in. So he had three sponsors in his life. Um, so there's a place for us in, in, in the season. Um, so again, do what you can do in the season where you can engage and do what God is calling you to do. Another thing I just want to touch on was the sponsorship in the church and the Compassion Center. The Development Center and the church work on the ground, and he talked about that as what they did for him. But your role as a sponsor is to help come alongside of that and be part of that ongoing community. So um, wedding plans. One of the reasons that made me connect with my fiance was like we, we had similar passions. So my fiance Julia is actually a mechanical engineer. But we met like we we met on a hike. Of all things, I also started going out for a hike for fun. So we like during that hike we talked more and we we're like, Oh, actually it looks like yeah, we are all we're doing great things. Why don't I, don't we stay in touch and and see what each one of us is doing? And so she was that time she was planning to go to East to Oregon State University to start her her masters in mechanical engineering. And I was still at Compassion. I eventually came here. But the, you know, the more we talked, the more we realized that maybe we can connect. But when she go to to college, she was like. No, I'm so busy, I don't want to talk with you. But God works on our hearts, and we, we go to a point where, you know, we feel like, you know, God has brought us together for a reason. And as part of her scholarship program, she was to have one year of grad school, two years in a developing country like Panama, and then come back and finish grad school. So right now she's in Panama. She flies into Texas on, on Wednesday next week. And I'll be flying to Texas on Tuesday. We'll get married on, on Saturday and we'll spend a few days together. And then she'll go back to Panama to finish her program. And my organization now has, a, has an, an organization registered in the US. And I'll be going to Washington State to have some time with my board members to strategize and see where we can lead the organization. And so we, we still have so many p moving pieces. And eventually in August, we'll, we'll both move to Oregon where we'll stay together as she finishes her grad school. So if you can be praying for us for you know these moving pieces to continuously work so well and 
that we'll see the hand of God amidst all that we are doing. That would be awesome. She's been connecting water to to houses that didn't have water. And so it's been really, I'm so proud of her and all that she's doing there. So when I first got, <laughs> when we first connected, um, Gilbert said he's writing a book. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Um, so then you just finished it. And uh, just, just tell us a little bit about that, okay? So I just finished my book, but it's still like not yet published. So it's now in the hands of an editor. But it talks about like the way we see the world is the all about perspective. So my book is titled Life's Lens with a focus on perspective. And it talks about, I tell more about my story with compassion and what the, kind, the acts of kindness that God has done, done to me through people that I never knew. And how sometimes my plans have failed, but God's plan has really shown me uh, things that I never thought would ever happen. And so I believe that in this book, I will share more, more than what I share whenever I get to be on a stage. I'm actually grateful that this church was generous with the time and they gave me a long, longer time. Other places that I go to, they give me five minutes. And in five minutes or 10 minutes, it's hard to tell a life lived for 29 years in, in five minutes. And so I felt like you know, this book would be a time to reflect and share more about how my life has been. And hopefully as people read it, maybe it can point them to, point them to God and maybe cause them to be more, more kind and generous in their daily lives. And so that's, that's the book. And Thank you. And actually, Wes Stafford, the former president of Compassion International, agreed to write a foreword for my book. Mm -hmm. so. so around the church here, when we look at ministry and leadership and ministry, we look at four C's. We look at chemistry. We look at character. We look at competency. And we look at capacity. And if I was around this guy, I would have to put track shoes on to keep up with him. No doubt about it. And God's, so got, <laughs> God's got a lot of stuff for you left, man, to, to go into. So now we just want to invite you to consider what we have put before you today as to um, as you look at uh, what compassion and uh, provided for, for Gilbert. Um, would you also like to have the ability to raise a child up out of poverty and begin a new life um, through Jesus and through God. So we invite you to, as you leave here, there's a table out in the lobby, has child packets on it. Um, you can accept one of those today. You can take one and pray over it and bring it back next week. Again, I also want to re remind you that we have the Compassion Experience. That'll be open today. You can walk in until 6.30 today Tomorrow, Monday, it's open from 10 to 6. So, wow. Thank you so much, Gilbert, for being with us. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here. And now I just want to invite Pastor Mark to come up to give us a few closing words, observations, and uh, take us out in prayer. Has God spoken to your heart today? Oh, there's just uh, so much has been stirred in my heart. I've really been uh, looking forward to this morning. And the thing that I, I just want to speak to is that Compassion Sunday, if, if you feel like this whole thing is directed towards sponsorship of children, um, that's only partially correct. We certainly want to give that opportunity. We want you to see the impact that can be made through child sponsorship. But I so appreciate what Gilbert said is that it, it's about hearing whatever the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do, whatever he has placed within your life that he is calling you to share and being obedient to do that. So I, I just wanted to speak to that for a, for a couple moments. Uh, what really has stirred in me uh, just over and over again is that God is the father of compassion. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says, Praise be to the, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and God of all comfort. 
And when we talk about compassion, it is, it's coming alongside of, of suffering. And when we look to God, he is the father of compassion. He is the one through whom all compassion comes. And it's so important that, that we look to him and that we see him as a compassionate father and as the father of compassion. So when we come alongside of people in their suffering, it may be through child sponsorship, and it may be not just necessarily reaching around the world, but reaching across the aisle and touching the person in the seat next to you or crossing the street, that, that the Father of compassion has a way of speaking to us and showing his love and compassion for us in a way that then his compassion flows through us. So in this service, I just uh, I so appreciate your book, uh, Gilbert, just the, the title of it, and that it's about, again, putting on lenses that help us to see, to have the perspective that God has. And really, as we come together each Sunday, Sunday morning here, and as we come together in house churches, and as we read the word, as we meditate on who God is, his desire is that we would constantly have his perspective and see life through his eyes and walk according to his promptings. And what God has wanted to speak to us this morning is, is that, we would, that we would see Jesus more and more and more. That when we reach out to a child who is in need, that we would see that we're reaching out to Jesus. In fact, Jesus in Matthew 25 said that, that when I was hungry, he talked about when I was thirsty, when I was a stranger, when I was sick, when I needed clothing, when I was in prison, you ministered to me. And as you did that, as you ministered to these people, the least of these, you were doing it unto me. It's all about having the perspective that we see Jesus in others. We see Jesus in those that are in need, and then we allow Jesus to be shown through us. And I'm so uh, appreciative of, of how, too, we've seen the work of the Holy Spirit in and through many lives. So it was a sponsor who was in Alabama who listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and as a result became the first sponsor of Gilbert. And another in Georgia, that was the Holy Spirit that was speaking to people in other places that made an impact, not just an impact, but became a vessel of transformation in Gilbert's life and so many others. And even as the Holy Spirit prompts here, the change that God can do through our obedience goes far beyond what we can understand. But I'd like you to see it the other way around, too, is that the Holy Spirit prompting Gilbert to allow the Word of God to sit, sit in his heart and to bring change to his life, the Holy Spirit at work in Gilbert has brought transformation in our lives today. Has he not? So we just want to celebrate Jesus in you once again, Gilbert. Amen. Thank you so much for your, your obedience and following the Lord's leading. His word is alive and rich in you. And as, have you, as you have received, you, as you have given. And that's, all, that's what we want to present to you. As you have received, follow the Lord's prompting and give according to his direction. And the last thing I'd like to close with is four words that, um, that Gilbert spoke concerning children, that when we look at children. But I would like them to be said to you. I want you to hear these words, that you are precious. You are valuable. You are a gift. And you have a future. You are the future. This day going forward, this next moment is future. And God is desiring to speak to and through your life, to minister to your life, and then, and then call you to be a minister of his life. So we're going to dismiss in just a moment. We're going to have prayer. And as you've been invited, if God's, if God's prompting you, Please go to the table in the lobby and, and look at the sponsorship. God's, uh, we would also, again, invite you to Compassion Experience in the parking lot. Even if you haven't scheduled an appointment, there are walk-ins there, there. But we would also invite you that if you have a need this morning, you just want somebody to come alongside of you and pray with you, we'd invite you to come forward after this closing prayer and allow us to minister compassion to you. So would you please bow your heads with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. God, for your great love for us. God, we're so grateful that to you that we are precious, that we are valuable. God, you see us as a gift and you have a future for us. God, we're so thankful that you are present here in this place and you have been speaking to us through the worship and through prayer and through your servant. God, we are so thankful that your Holy Spirit right now is speaking to each one of us and we even thank you that you give us the, the ears to hear and the eyes to see, the heart to receive, and the mind to, to think your thoughts. 
So God, we just offer all this to you, and we pray, Lord, that your kingdom would come and your will be done in each one of our lives in this place, and God, even as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your servant, uh, Gilbert, for our brother. And God, we pray your continued blessing on his life and all that his hand touches, that you would guide and that you would direct him, that you would bless him. Lord, we especially pray for uh, his wedding this coming Saturday and pray blessing on that day and on their marriage as they begin life together. And God, we're so thankful for what you have done. We look forward to what you will continue to do in his life. And God, we lift each other before you. And we uh, just ask, God, that you, the fullness of what you desire in each one of our lives will be realized this day and each day of this week. And God, we love you. We thank you for your great love for us. And we just want to, uh, again, receive from you and then give what you have given to us, to us to others. God, be blessed and be glorified in each one of our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed, Grace. And again, if, if anybody would like prayer, please uh, feel free to come forward.